Welcome to the Resco Radio Talk. Today's episode is focused on field service. I had a chance to chat with Scott Lefante, three times MVP spending 90% of his time with field service, Avanade's global lead on the field service architect team, and unfortunately a Yankee fan. Despite that, I like him and he's a great guy. Just listen in. Hi Scott, welcome to the Resco Radio Podcast. How are you today? Good, how are you Ivan? I'm doing really well. It's Friday and I actually can't wait for the weekend to begin. It's been a long and busy week. Yeah, it, I think every week now has is, is been long and busy. I, I mean, COVID, you would think, would slow us down. But I think, right, similar to you guys, mobile, have mobile offline capabilities, remote capabilities are just keeping us very busy, which is which is a blessing. Very busy. I agree. I talked uh, with uh, Rick McCutcheon the other week. He told me he works two hours more every day than he used to before COVID. And oh, yeah. you can feel it. You feel it the same way? Yeah, I, I would say it's probably more like four hours more a day, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely been just nonstop uh, mm -hmm. and, and not just one thing. It's been multiple activities, uh, prospects, customers. Um, so we're very busy. It's just there's, I think, working from home for this long of period of time, you forget to take breaks. That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Taking more breaks. Yeah, yeah, and that's important. And have you worked from home before? I think you did, right? Yeah, I've been working either from home or traveling uh, since 2006. So it's been it's been a long time. It's been a long time. But yeah. this is this is probably the longest stint I've had where I actually haven't gone to a client site or a prospect. It's just been too long. I'm itching to get back on a plane. You do? You yeah. Miss it, huh? I, I do miss it. I do miss it. There's something yeah. about getting in front of a, a client or a prospect and, and having those discussions that is is different than when you're on the phone over a webcast. I It's just a different feel. Yeah, the human touch, definitely. I miss it, yeah. too. I don't travel so much to meet customers or prospects, but I definitely miss going to all the events and conferences and shows. Yeah where you can meet with lots of partners and customers and Microsoft people, et cetera. It's, it's, a, it's much different right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, UG Summit just changed the virtual, which kind of figured D365 Saturdays are all virtual. So, yeah, it's, it's a challenge, but I guess it's the world we live in right now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So interesting, you said that you're traveling since 2006, pretty much, uh, to to get uh, in front of customers and prospects and clients. And that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about today, because I looked up your history, your profile on LinkedIn to actually get a better understanding how you started with uh, mm -hmm. with Dynamics and Field Service. And I found out that in 2015, you were part of the original Field One team. Uh, so people who don't know Field One Systems is the company who is behind the field service product that Microsoft acquired. Yeah. Um, so I was I was there for a brief period of time, and, and before I went to uh, you know with with Microsoft Consulting, and it was really before 
you know, field service really started taking off, right? I mean, I've been doing it so long now that it just seems second nature, but every year it seems there's more and more excitement, there's more innovation in field service and that wasn't there in the past. It was just like, okay, hey, technicians need something in the field, right? To capture, you know, information or products or services. I mean, some basic stuff. And now it's, I mean, look where it's gone now. So it's, it's just, it's been a, it's been a uh, interesting journey. Yeah. And I want to find out more about that too, but I also found a very dark period of, on your resume. Uh oh. Are you ready to talk about that? A company sure. called Aperia, Salesforce.com project manager. Really, really, Scott, can you do this to us? <laughs> yeah, that that was a a a dark period of time. Um, I was there for a very very short period of time, and and came to find out that you know as much as Salesforce, I'm sure, is a very good product. I'm not a Salesforce guy. Just I figured. I, I'm, I'm just, you know, um, it was a great company, good experience, but to me it was, uh, you know, going from there to, I think from there I went to Microsoft. So really kind of, okay, going to the mothership, right? So that was, uh, that was, that was special. So, um, but yeah, we don't talk about a period too often. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Let's then flip the page very quickly. But the, nice thing, the nice thing about it, though, is it gives you that perspective of the competitive landscape, right? So, because mm -hmm. I have Oracle experience with CRM, Salesforce, and and Microsoft. So, I, granted, it's been a while since Oracle and Salesforce, but I have a, at least a pretty good background about the architecture and uh, how they work deals and things like mm -hmm. that. So, See the other side a little bit, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So after that, I know that you joined Microsoft as the dynamic CRM consultant, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, that was on the field one project or product, I should say, I guess, right? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was when, uh, right when Microsoft acquired field one and, and Microsoft consulting was like, hey, we need people to, to really, you know, Microsoft's investing in this, we're, we're banking on it. We need folks to kind of take the rein on this. So I actually became um, a global community lead for, for field one uh, from the MCS perspective, kind of driving that. Um, and ever since then, I mean, realistically, I think ever since that day, I haven't been on anything else besides anything field service. I know, because then it seems like once you entered into that, entered that room, you never look back. No. You've been with Power Objects, DXC, Hitachi Solutions America, and now Avanat. But yeah. all roles had to do something more or less, but mostly more with field service. C correct. Yeah. So they, they, uh, I think as I've as I've moved forward, uh, I mean, if you look at when I was at Power Objects uh, and DXC, some of that was was more hands on uh, project work. Even Hitachi, you know, Solution Architect, and now it's. Still some solution architect, but it's uh, a little bit more strategic as well. Thinking, you know, how how could we solve problems for customers or or prospects? You know, what can Avanade bring to the table in terms of innovation and our experience in providing solutions to customers where you know the product doesn't have that capability, uh, which every product's going to have capability that 
they're going to rely on on partners right it's just you know like resco can't build everything microsoft can't build everything they have their marching orders and, and things that they're putting on from a, a roadmap based on you know what they know from their expertise is is the next big thing so it's up to us you know partners like us to to really build that functionality um and and have it blossom for either existing customers or the the ecosystem um so it's it's been a lot of fun coming up with some of these solutions mm -hmm. so why field service seems like ever, ever since you touched it you never really had any second thoughts why is field service so special for you what is the secret ingredient in field service that makes it so attractive to you it's ben volmer no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me, it's, it's the concept, right? It's a pretty, if you take it in its simplistic, most simplistic form, right? You have different touch points. It, it, you know, you got the scheduling, you have customer involvement, and then you have these technicians in the field. For me, it was the concept of coming up with a solution for the technicians in the field, but that also benefits customers. So I was looking at it from my lens as a, if you're doing like a B to C, so to speak, like you have a Comcast or your cable companies coming out, I'm tired of getting paper. I just want to sign something, send me an email, happy day. So for me, that was kind of like, hey, I, this is great. I can be part of something that can really drive the future because no one wants paper. I hate paper. I have it, but I don't like it. Um, so that to me, the mobile piece um, was really the the catalyst for me and then of course the scheduling and then the rest is kind of history but i think it really for me started with um with the mobile platform uh which of course is built on resco uh that really just it was just exciting because to me is i had never seen it before never used it it was a challenge to, to hey i'm gonna learn a new tool and i'm gonna do it on my own i'm gonna read some documentation i'll reach out once in a while to some folks but uh, after that, the rest was history. You know, as you know, I mean, I came to Resco Next, uh, I think two years ago, maybe it was in, when it was in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah we, two or three years ago. Two yeah, three years ago. So we had a blast there and presenting, and had a lot of good uh, turnout for that session. So um, I just I think that's what it is: it's the mobile side and the technicians, and really solving those problems. Mm -hmm. That's cool. That's that I like it. Uh, I also know that like your history, your career path definitely documents that you are big into field service, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. the recognition also comes from the other side, from Microsoft, and you're now three-time MVP. Yeah, yeah. I just found out uh, when I got back from PTO that uh, I was renewed for a third year in a row. So that was congratulations thank you so that was exciting uh it's a, it's a lot of hard work and not hard work it's 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 a lot of work it's fun but you know it comes you know you need to do a lot for the community and the partners and and customers and uh so there's there's that aspect that i enjoy doing which is which is helping out the the ecosystem of dynamics customers and prospects so it's 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 fun um Sometimes you just need to take a little bit of break. So my two and a half week hiatus from from work and reality was nice. Yeah, and we talked about it just before we hit the record button that, yeah. that you took a 
couple of weeks off and you really needed it. And that's just a reminder to all of the listeners, take a time off because it's important to relax and uh, uh, unwind a little bit, right? Yeah. I don't think you realize, I never realized, I mean, how much working from home and COVID, there's just the level of stress is just, it's astronomical because you think, oh, I'm not traveling. I'm not going into an office. I don't need a vacation. Eh, you kind of do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. But yeah, but so being an MVP is a, is a, is a big honor, uh, definitely honored and, and privileged to be part of that unique group because I don't know if there's even a lot out there from a field service perspective around the globe from a MVP community. I mean, I know there's a lot of dynamics uh, MVPs, but I don't know how many really focus on solely field service. Mm -hmm. That's true. And I'm not an MVP expert, but I know it has changed a little bit. So it's more like business applications, yeah. right? And yeah. that's becoming a much broader topic than just dynamics and yeah. kind of field so, service being part of dynamics, make it even a bigger niche, smaller niche, I should say. Yeah. That. Well, especially now with, you know, the whole power platform, uh, you know, and then you have, you know, your finance and operations and things like that. So, I mean, if you look at the microcosm of, uh, or the macrocosm of, of Microsoft business applications, field service, like you said, is just that really small subset of, of business application functionality. And so I'm probably, uh, I would imagine, you know, there's probably a handful of us that are MVPs that really truly focus on field service 90 plus percent of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So here's my big question now. No. So we pretty much agreed that you are the field service expert, given your career path, given what kind of projects mm -hmm. you've been working on the different roles. Also a three-time MVP now, specifically focusing on field service. So I guess you're the best person to answer it. Uh oh, uh, all right, I'm ready. What's the question? So why is Microsoft Field Service so successful? What do you think are the reasons behind it? Because there's a lot of field service solutions out in the world, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's 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 quite a bit. I mean, if you know, you know just outside of Salesforce, there's there's other ones out there. I mean, I know Salesforce is, is a big one. Um, I, I think the reason is one is the leadership that they have there. James Phillips, uh, Satya Nadella. Um, they really are truly uh, visionaries and they they kind of cascade that down to the product team. I also think that the product team does a really good job of working with the partner ecosystem to understand what is going on with customers today and where there's gaps and what those big gaps are that they may need to, to look into building into the solution. Uh, so I know I work with you know, Kyle Young's team quite a bit, uh, which is for folks not, uh, not aware that uh, that's the, you know, field service product team. I work with them quite a bit on either, you know, providing feedback or solutions that I've built that maybe they want to just take a look at and see if there's something that they can utilize in the future. Um, but they, they solicit feedback. And I think that's truly important. Um, for them in, in terms of the growth of the product, I think, the other thing is, is the fact that Microsoft is is more than just field service, is more than just business applications. It's 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 modern workplace. It's office, 
you know, you know, Office 365. There's there's so many different offerings, and they kind of all just integrate for the most part nicely into the application. And I think that's important function and feature that customers really want in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've done a great job. I mean, in terms of the vision uh, of seeing where this product, I mean, from where this product has gone or started, I should say, to where it is today, um, man, it's just a massive change. If people could remember, I mean, even version 4.0 versus now, I mean, forget just the UI, just the functionality. Um, and then, of course, with the, the Power Platform now, it's truly transformed the application mm-hmm. day and night no yeah yeah but i like your answer for the the very first thing you said it's the team it's the people behind it right yeah sometimes even having the best product doesn't justify the the success or isn't it doesn't mean you're going to be successful right it's all about the people behind it the team that drives the product forward but also yeah has the ability to to make change and attract other people and and make sure they join the team even mm-hmm. though they're not the same same kind of within the same organization but have the same values see this see all those things the same way and uh can recruit can rely and, and yeah uh, and, yeah yeah i mean the nice thing is is that they're the folks there are so humble um you know I mean, they'll be the first to admit that they don't know everything that's out there with customers are doing or uh, sometimes, you know, what we're hearing from prospects or customers in terms of what the competition is trying to do as well. And so they're very humble in, in soliciting that feedback or, or listening to us and providing that that to them so that, you know, part of it is from the partner system is making sure that we make Microsoft successful as well and help help them you know beat the competition and have a superior offering so i think that uh, you know from the partner system i mean they've done a really fantastic job with that mm-hmm. true true another thing i was wondering if you keep a diary about all the projects that you were part of oh. Would it be would it be tens of pages, hundreds of pages, or uh, more? Well, if I go the span of my career, it's probably hundreds. <laughs> hundreds of projects. That's awesome. Um, um, the field service ones, you know, I think is with the field service ones over the last couple of years, it it probably hasn't been. It's probably maybe been tens of pages. And I think it's because as you get to some of these enterprise size customers and projects, they take a lot longer. Um, so they're not these, you know, really short two to three month projects and off you go to another one or maybe you're working multiple. Um, so they, they typically take a longer time. We have a bigger, bigger project teams um, and just a lot more complexity. So I think that it's probably slowed down. But at the beginning of my career, it was it was definitely like boom, 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 go, go, go. <laughs> Lots of projects. Lots of project high cadence. So I was wondering, because yeah, if if you've seen so many, so many different utilizations of field service as mm-hmm. a technology, 
do you think there's such a thing as a typical field service project or is it very custom is it like oh every customer every user scenario is a little bit different and yeah i i would say it, it when you get to the to the larger customers they tend to be extremely different um they have a lot more complicated processes they have approval processes or exceptions um because they're dealing with a higher volume of either pro you know basically a higher you know dollar number um whether it's the investment or their products or their their technicians um so i would say that i mean there's typically a little bit that's the same right scheduling is scheduling there might be some rules and some exceptions there uh, a work order is, is a work order um, and it's just those processes underneath all of that i think that would that could vary i mean but we we would typically see i mean even with the bigger customers right we see we typically would see okay everyone has scheduling everyone has resources um, most have assets um, and most and everyone will do a work order and it's just a, a matter of to what extent are they capturing that information and then and then it kind of morphs from there right are they doing anything with contracts or they have do they do any sort of inspections um you know returns of products and inventory and are we doing integrations with a erp system um, and that's where it starts getting it starts getting really interesting mm -hmm. yeah so it varies. I, I think it's pretty much in line of what we found out with our mo mobility customers. Mm -hmm. We did some statistics a few years ago, uh, and we found out that more than 80% of our customers use more than 50% of custom entities in their mobile projects, in wow. their mobile apps. Wow. And you know, like when we thought before knowing this number, we were thinking like, okay, we have to come up with these templates, like pre-built mm -hmm. configurations that gonna make it so much easier and faster for the customers to and partners as well. And then we were like, ah, but pretty much almost every customer uses something else for yeah. their mobile mobile project, right? And we're like, okay, that that changes the game a little bit. Yeah. 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 So it's it's definitely, but that's the nice thing about it, right? I mean, if you look at it from if you look at a sales a sales process, right? They'll they'll vary to a little bit of extent, but an opportunity is always an opportunity. A lead's a lead, a, a quote's a quote, and there is just some nuances within. You know, it could be pricing, it could be approval processes, field service, just because the the amount of functionality that is available um, could greatly vary uh, from project to project and and estimate to estimate. I mean, I don't think there's ever been, even here at Avanade, uh, an estimate that I've put together that is, wow, this is identical or close, very close to, you know, another one. There's always just these nuances, especially when it comes to integrations and, um, even mobile, I, you know, I'm seeing a lot of differences in what they want the technicians to do from a mobile perspective. And, you know, I'm always trying to say, let's keep it simple. All right, technicians mm -hmm. on a, a, you want them to do their job, not be in front of a, a tablet or a phone all day long. True. 
Exactly. Yeah. And simplicity is the key. I, I had a really good talk with a friend of mine and rescue partner, Jeremy Higgins, last week. And we talked about how simplicity is very important yeah. for mobility, but for technology in general. So let me try to rephrase that question one more time. So is there something a successful field service project can't miss? Yes. Um there's there's i think there's a couple except for having the great partner uh, great yeah you gotta definitely have a great partner uh and and a great great uh tool set like uh you know you know resco mobile and and microsoft um i i think the biggest things are you need to look at everything from a, a persona perspective i think a lot of times i see customers coming in and looking at this from just a pure business scenario, but they're not taking into consideration what the technicians are saying in the field and what their challenges have been. So getting those SMEs involved in the different functions that they're going to perform is is critical because we need their one need their buy-in. And the more input that they have on driving the requirements and understanding the the to be process, I think that's where we start seeing a lot more success. Right. Um, they get involved early um, and we look at the they need to look at the whole picture up front and then we make it smaller chunks. All right. If you look at field service, you could do, you know, basic field service and then you could add on and you can do mobile and you could do connected field service. And it it's nice. You need to understand the, the vision where they want to go. And then you start breaking it down into smaller chunks like, OK, well, connected field service should come after you do field service and field service mobile, right? Let's get the application up and running. Let's get some of the integrations working. And then let's start going into more of the advanced functions. And I think a, a true partner will help a customer navigate that um, and, and understand that so that, that one, they're not fighting off more that they can chew up front, which is typically the case, or, and, and just so that, you know, we're really just pitching everyone to be successful. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing is, you know, we're not successful unless the customer is successful, which means Microsoft's not successful because then, so it, it's just, it, it's a vicious cycle uh, that I think just really starts with all of us being true partners in it um, and not, and looking at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. So a trust would be an important factor too, right? Yeah. Trust is, trust is big. Uh, communication's big. Um, proper planning. Um, and of course, making sure you have the right tool set, right? Make sure you have the right licenses and you understand, okay, you know, I have 50 technicians. Yeah, they need 50 licenses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're going to be using mobile. And, and the other thing is, too, is looking at the technology, right? When you're looking at mobile, if, for example, customers have bring your own devices, it's very hard to standardize um an implementation in that perspective to understand of okay how do we how do we build to that how do we scale to that and the nice thing is mobile typically you know it, the screens rendered appropriately to the size but if everyone's on a surface laptop except for you know joe and tony who have you know little tiny iphone 3 screens which wouldn't be supported anyway but let's just say it, it was well that's going to be a challenge and so 
understanding that as well, I think is important is the technology that's there or, or will be there for further users, whether it's, you know, users in the office, right? Because you want to make sure they have enough CPU and memory and stuff just because some of these, these items are complex and take some, some horsepower. Yeah, definitely. So I think that's important. Yeah. I remember the good old days when I, uh, Apple had only one iPhone and it was easy. Oh, yeah, remember those days? <laughs> now you have like how many? I don't even know. I, I, Three, four different iPhones, all all brand new, right? Yeah, I can't keep up. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I mean, I still I have my iPhone XR and, and I, I've had an iPhone now for. God, it feels it's got to be like. I don't know, 14, 15 years. This was the first one, even with the screen protector, I actually found a way to crack my screen. Talent, what can we say? Yeah, yeah. So I need to put in a work order. Sounds good. <laughs> On your phone, please. Yeah, yeah. Before I let you go, Scott, one more thing. What do you think is the next big thing in filter service? It could be technology. It could be more of a philosophy it could be a trend what do you yeah. think is, is going to be a major disruptor in field service in the next three to five years where what should we apart other partners or isvs or if i'm a customer what mm -hmm. that's definitely something i shouldn't miss you know i i think one if if we're uh, partners and isvs i think it's looking at things from an industry perspective and not just saying field service fits it's one size fits all you know if you look at oil and gas you look at manufacturing insurance they all can use field service but they all use it differently i mean they have different processes and and different information they need to capture uh some have right insurance has inspections so let's just say car or house but oil and gas inspections are a, are a huge deal um, so I think from from a partner in ISV, a Microsoft perspective, things like that, you know, looking at everything from an from an industry, almost like a a sub like a vertical within field service. Um, I think that's important. I think from a, a customer's perspective, it's starting to look at field service not as or service in general as a as a cost model. Right, where it's okay, well, it's service, it costs me money. Service can also bring you in revenue, right? If you do it the right way, whether it's, you know, uh, you're working with customer service and you can, you know, somehow monetize, you know, the support model by, you know, calls or emails or you get so many phone calls or emails per, per month or whatever. But even from a field service perspective, you can start doing that, especially if you start doing more of the predictive model with connected field service you get a technician out there in the field and they can start reading all the the history of that device and they can see all the history of the work orders well, maybe it's not worth fixing mm -hmm. maybe it's worth or hey we can fix it but you really need to go upgrade so let's look at an upsell opportunity or let's look at a maintenance contract um so customers can start looking at it and, and looking at it as a as a revenue stream right even aftermarket Right. You know, what's the, you know, aftermarket products that they might be able to sell to customers or I mean, even understanding before something breaks, hey, Mr. Customer, you know, you're hitting 
for you know the mean time to fail so to speak right is you know based on our history of of this product line is going to fail mm-hmm. so let's talk about that and get in front of it and i think that's going to be big for customers is just making sure that they understand that and then start really trying to turn it into you know a, a revenue stream um i mean you can even do that now with for example with remote assist we're seeing that um uh, especially with Microsoft coming out and they, you can now have uh, licenses like a one-time license for a partner or a customer. So now you can sit there and say, I can help you out remotely. And maybe a remote session is $75. If we fix it, great. If not, maybe that goes towards your service of a technician coming on site. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of excitement with, I think the technology that's coming out there. So I think for customers, it's, you know, kind of thinking outside the box. True. Those were some wise words. So I think. What's the wise? Wise, even for a Yankee fan. <clears throat> oh, you dropped a big one there towards the end. I had to. Big Papi called the other day. Yeah, he said hello. Yeah. <laughs> he said to say hi to you. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Uh, yeah. Scott, this was great. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, My pleasure. I learned a lot of new things. I like a lot of your ideas and perspective on field service. Keep doing the great work for the field service community. I hope that many new MVP recognitions will come in the future. Thank you, sir. And look forward to having you on the podcast sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to have you on ours. It was a pleasure. Well, I'll take care of that one. Thank you. There you go. Thank you. Enjoy your day. You as well. Take care. Bye.